On this episode of DevTalk, I speak to Thomas Rümmler and Florian Bader about DevOps for IoT projects. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop, and today's guests are Thomas Rümmler and Florian Bader. They are both uh, working at AIT in Stuttgart. Uh, Thomas as a managing consultant and Florian as senior consultant. And thank you for being my guest today. You're welcome. Yeah, nice, nice being here. This is the first time I've had two guests, so I, I don't know how, how this will this will go. We'll <laughs> see. Can you please describe what you, what your functions are in your company? What is it you're working on day to day? Sure. This is Thomas, and um, yeah, as you said, um, as a managing consultant, I work part time directly with customers, and the rest of my time um, with uh, many of the teams. Um, I'm responsible for the project management and um, yeah, I would say I'm kind of a DevOps enthusiast. So um, this is also the reason why um, I'm an MVP for developer technologies. I've been working with yeah, within uh, DevOps projects um, for many, many years and, um, and also I've, I've been developing software. Um, in, in several projects. So I have a lot of uh, kind of hands-on experience. And um, in the meantime, I, yeah, on, on a daily basis, I, I try to, to help others or to, to enable and, and coach people and, and uh, yeah, the teams in our company in, in terms of a kind of a DevOps mindset. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like that, that was since before it was called DevOps, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about you, Florian? Um, so yeah, like you said, I'm a senior consultant. That's my official title. Basically, what I'm doing is um, working together in with the customer in the development projects, being a software architect, being kind of the um, software developer, also doing consulting. So it's kind of a mix of, of everything, like programming, doing all the, the architecture work, doing technology evaluation, and also um, helping other developers and enable them to to um, yeah to make the, the whole project a success. So that's what I'm doing most of my time. I'm also doing uh, like Thomas lots of stuff in in DevOps and development in community activities. Um, where I also got um, the my Microsoft most valuable professional from. So um, all the the good things we we learn from from customer projects. Um, from the, the technologies and architecture principles we use. Uh, we also communicate to the, the community in, in conferences and, and stuff like that, and also podcasts, for example. So that's where, where we got our uh, Microsoft MVP from. So that's my, my daily business, helping um, empowering customers and um, helping uh, projects to be, uh, to be successful, basically. Sounds a lot like my job description, actually. <laughs> it's nice to hear. Yeah. Um, so I, I heard you are uh, planning on doing a talk together at OOP in Munich, which is, a, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a software developer conference and uh, it used to be about object-oriented programming, but now it's, it's a much broader scope. And your talk is t titled DevOps for Azure IoT, IoT Edge Products. So now on this show, we've talked about Azure IoT and also Azure IoT Edge. And we've talked a little bit about, about DevOps, but I thought that was an interesting top, topic to to talk about because uh, you're bringing 
those two things together. And uh, I think, yeah, from the, the IoT projects are probably very tricky when it comes to DevOps. <laughs> right. So that's what we thought too, because um, we started working on IoT project a long, long time ago. And basically it's kind of all the DevOps stuff is a, is a separate part with the, the IoT. And now we are um, trying to, to establish all the, the DevOps principles basically in IT project and, and trying to see how it can, how it differs from, from normal projects. So that's kind of the uh, things we want to talk about today because we think uh, that's uh, a nice topic to just see how you can apply those, those DevOps principles in IoT projects. Okay. Where to get started? Oh, what, what is, what is the, the motivation here? Yeah, so as Florian uh, said, um, we usually in, in our projects, um, we try to yeah, enable teams that they can develop a mindset which is more like being responsible for more than just the coding stuff, mm -hmm. um, which is a basic principle of, of this DevOps topic. And um, when we when we started uh, doing those uh, kind of IoT projects, for us it felt like very normal to also work based on that principles and and with that mindset. And on that way, we have learned that yeah, in, in detail there are some some differences, and that's basically the, the motivation for that. Okay, maybe you can define DevOps from your perspective. Who, who does DevOps? Sure. So, um, yeah, basically, um, there is a very good definition of DevOps, which is DevOps is the union of people, process, and products to enable uh, continuous delivery of value to our end users. This is a definition published by Donovan Brown, one of the famous uh, DevOps faces of Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And with that definition, I think he, yeah, he just, he nailed it. Um, there's, there's so many things in that definition that, that is true. And yeah, basically summing this up is the, the focus or focusing on, on the, on the, value is is a very very essential part of that but so the devops is is one of the, the terms um that is interesting and, and needs to be defined but on the other hand um for, from our experience the the term iot um is also um used in ways yeah i'd say it it is not very precise I think it is it is worth just spending some seconds on, on also defining this this topic. That's a good idea, yeah. At least what it is from from our perspective, and and we are talking about because uh, IoT essentially is connecting things together and and uh, having a communication um, uh, over the internet and but this is that there is a, a huge difference between talking about. IoT in the uh, yeah for for end users or for consumers and talking about uh, IoT in the B two B field and uh, especially in the in the manufacturing industry where we are um, yeah mainly focusing 
in, in that particular topic, we are also talking about the IIoT, the Industrial Internet of Things. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes it's, it's a bit confusing because people are talking about Industry 4.0 and machine-to-machine -machine communication and uh, IIoT, and, and they are mixing all these things together. But uh, basically, machine-to-machine -machine com communication is, is just having machines being connected, for instance, in, in their local network. That's, that's not what, what we are meaning with um, IIoT. And the, the industry for that O is, is a more generic term where the IIoT is, is kind of a part of it. And that particular topic, the industry Internet of Things, um, having standards, having uh, these machines uh, connecting with platforms over the Internet, that's, that's, the, that's kind of the, the projects where we are currently um, working on. Okay. So, and the, the, the things are industrial, in, in your case, usually industrial machines, not such big numbers. Is, is that the, the types, of, types of projects? Yeah, exactly. And um, you mentioned earlier that, that we are going to have this talk um, at the OOP conference. And uh, what we are going to, to bring in there is a, a concrete scenario um, we, we have realized that let, let me explain that the scenario uh, quickly mm -hmm. it is basically having a having an assembly line this is kind of a, a miniature assembly line um this is realized with um fisher technique um don't know if you know this it's probably a german toy so not all of our yeah. listeners will know what it is so it's basically like Lego, but for older people and <laughs> doing like manufacturing uh, simulation with it. Yeah, you, you put things together. It has has plastic pieces and motors and 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 gears and sensors. Sensors, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, and and this this assembly line is um, connected with or controlled by a a PLC, a programmable logic controller. All, all these things are kind of um, connected to the shop floor network and there is an edge gateway and this edge gateway is um, yeah, kind of c collecting the data from, from all the sensors uh, from the assembly line mm -hmm. and uh, this edge gateway is connected to the internet and um, for instance in one of our scenarios it is uh, just yeah, pushing data into a platform to easily uh, visualize the data. That, that That's in a nutshell, the scenario we are talking about. Although we've talked about it on the pod podcast, could, could you just explain what edge device or edge gateway means? Sure. Um, so what we mean with edge gateway is uh, basically some kind of hardware you run on your um, network. So it's basically between mm -hmm. your, your internet and your internet. Um, what we're doing with at the edge gateway, because basically you can uh, just take all the data you get from your PLC or the sensor data and push mm -hmm. it right to the, to the internet. But nobody wants to connect all of their, their PLCs or all of their machines to the internet. So uh, basically they are all consolidated or all connected to that one point, which is called the edge gateway, uh, which is the single point which, uh, which connects to the, to the outside world, to the internet. So that's kind of from a security perspective, a more secure way because you only have to secure your edge gateway, not all your machines. And you can also use that edge gateway to um, yeah, kind of consolidate the data, transform the data, and um, 
choose what kind of data you send to the internet before actually doing so. You've already talked about Azure IoT Edge, uh, which is this whole framework and runtime which you can install on, on this Edge Gateway, uh, which basically allows us to send payloads of um, modules of, of application code, if you want to, uh, to that Edge Gateway and, and run that on, on the Edge. So you don't have to uh, run application code in the cloud and have that um, performance uh, disadvantage of going to the cloud and back. Now you can just push all the, that work to, to that edge device and run it in, in your internet, in your infrastructure. So that's what we understand uh, when we talk about uh, an edge gateway. Okay, so just to maybe to, to, to put an, give an example, um, I have a home automation system at home and I have this device, which is by cable connected to the internet or to my router. Uh, and that has an internet connection. Then I have all, have all these devices like on my, my heaters and on the light switches and they have like, they're battery powered. They don't have an internet connection, but they have like a wireless connection to that, my gateway, which is my edge device. And that connects to, to the cloud basically. That's completely, completely true. And so there are different kind of edge devices out there. So many of them are more like, being that, that single point in the network where data comes in and uh, data is sent into the internet and uh, in, in, in our project, on our solution, we, mm -hmm. we call that intelligent factory because that edge device is kind of an intelligent one. Um, it has some logic, some software modules in there that uh, yeah, we just um, developed to uh, do some operations already there. And uh, for instance, not having the need to, to publish all the data. Yeah, maybe um, let's um, continue with. So we, we started talking about um, some some terms like DevOps and IoT, and we uh, explained the scenario um, that we have in mind. But um, yeah, since since the talk is named um, DevOps for Azure IoT Edge projects, uh, I think we can we can dive in a bit more in, in the details of. Um, what what we have learned, um, I, I think that that's a good ne next step. That'd be great, yeah. yeah. So, because <clears throat> basically on on a very abstract level, uh, you can say DevOps projects are more or less the same thing, independent from what you are doing, because it is more a cultural thing than a technical thing. But when you want to to do this and you want to to apply these these principles. You see that there are some differences, and, and, and that's what, what we have learned. That yeah, in detail, it, it it makes a difference if you publish a web application or a, a a mobile app into an app store, or on the other hand, if you want to publish an app onto that device. Um, so there are differences in terms of these uh, CI/CD pipeline. There are differences in, in terms of security and, and, and all these things. And, and, and what we have learned as well is that um, the, the team itself um, needs to yeah, have some more capabilities. Like, um, you, you know, we, we are software developers. When, when, when in software development, something doesn't work as expected, a software developer has some typical ways how to analyze and how to debug things. Mm -hmm. But 
when you when you are in such an environment where hardware comes in the game, um, debug, debugging sometimes is a bit harder. So um, you might need different tools or even have some net, network or some infrastructure knowledge. Um, this starts with simple things like just connecting uh, connecting into a particular network, connecting to a device, and, and all these things. Mm -hmm. This is things we, we have we have learned. It was not that obvious that that the team needs to have all these capabilities. But yeah, on that way, you just have to learn it. But by by the way, it's a lot of fun learning these things. You you mentioned the deploying new software to to your solution basically basically to the cloud yeah. that's easy everybody does that then you want to deploy it to your devices and you probably also want to deploy from your edge device maybe to some other devices that are not directly connected is that right correct yeah um, so um, as someone said deploying applications to the cloud for example is easy because we, we have this kind of web application we push to the cloud and it runs so we can do fast deployments we can do uh, short um, short cycles where we push like every day. Uh, with IoT, it's a bit different because you have devices. Um, connectivity is a problem because um, sometimes the device is not responding because it doesn't have any connection. Sometimes you have not even um, Ethernet connection, so you are um, you're dependent on, on cellular network or you're dependent on Wi-Fi network and that might fail or you cannot, for example, transfer big files to that to that um, device. So that's one mm -hmm. of the points where you have to uh, be careful because um, connectivity is a problem. You don't want to push too much payload to that device. And also you need to be careful because if something breaks, you might not um, have the ability to like physically access the device. So that's kind of, if my cloud application fails, I'm just going to provision a new one. If my um, deployment to a, a hardware device, for example, fails, where I don't have access to it because it's somewhere far away, that's some other um, things I need, I need to consider. Um, so basically we're using Azure IoT Edge for that. Um, so we're pushing modules um, over Azure IoT Hub. So that's kind of um, work which, which IoT Hub and also Azure IoT does for us, which we don't need to, we don't need to program ourselves. So that's a, a nice thing, but still all the, the CI CD pipeline behind it. You have to build that yourself and you need to be careful when and how you, you push uh, new modules to your um, edge device, for example. Okay, uh, so you mean you don't always deploy as soon as everything is green? Uh, yes, so um, in, in DevOps you learn, for example, that you have different stages. I mean, that's normal for, for most of the application that you have some kind of development environment, you have a staging, pre-prod, production system. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in DevOps you also have that concept of, of deployment rings, for example. So. Uh, you first deploy to your canaries and see if everything works to then deploy to some some larger audience until everyone gets the, the new uh, bits and bytes and that's something which is does does fit nicely for iot projects because uh, basically you want to push it first to some canary devices to see if everything works fine and then you like address more and more devices um, as you see that uh, everything works fine 
So that's one approach you, or one principle, for example, you can use from DevOps um, in, in IoT project, which makes it a lot easier, for example, to, um, to make deployments more secure, uh, to, to know that they work when you, when you put them on a device. Right, that sounds like like mobile app development. Also, you you push first to right. your testers, and then you have like a staggered um, shipping of the of the app. Um, you can like nowadays in the app stores, you can define, oh, I only want five percent of my users, and then that's what we do there too. Yeah. Uh, one of the points is like you have to push your application, which is kind of comparable, like you said, to mobile applications, uh, where the user gets the newest bits. You have also the, the connectivity where you are. Uh, maybe dependent on, on cellular networks or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What you also need to consider in, in IoT scenarios is that you don't pushing applications is not the only part. You kind of also need to maintain the whole edge hardware, the edge gateway. So it's not sufficient to just update your your application once you have new features, for example, or bug fixes. Uh, you also need to make sure that, for example, you have the newest security patches, you have the newest software updates for third-party software. Uh, you need to consider stuff like OS updates, so updating your kernel if you're using Linux, for example, or even on, on a hardware level where you have some microcontrollers behind where you need to update the whole firmware. And that's some, something you also need to consider when doing this because most of the time, you're not only responsible for the software, like Thomas said, the developer also need to think about the hardware and uh, how they can maintain not only the, the application, but also the, the running hardware. We're mostly working with uh, customers in manufacturing. And if they build a machine, it needs to run for, for example, at least for 10 years. So if you put an edge device there, it also needs to run for at least 10 years. Mm -hmm. And you need to make sure that you can update that, that device, for example, over that time period of 10 years. Of course, there might be some vulnerabilities, so you need to consider about security. That edge device is your, your single point of attack, if you want to. So you need to make sure that this one, is, which is connected to the internet, um, is secure. Are, are all the devices you ship the same, or do you have like keys on each device so you know exactly in the back end, uh, oh, this device must have the private key corresponding to this public key that I already know. So because we're using Azure IoT, um, the whole provisioning of devices is also, um, we are using the whole provisioning service from Azure IoT, which mm -hmm. is called Device Provisioning Service. And how this works is you get, or you generate some kind of root CA certificate, which is uh, stored on your, on your Azure instance. And from that root certification, uh, you can create device certificates, for example. And so the device gets the device certificate and uses that to basically authorize with the, or log into to the IoT app, for example, which then checks with the, the root certificate. So that's how the, the whole uh, provisioning works. Mm -hmm. So basically every device gets their own uh, certificate, their own device certificate and uses that to uh, to provision itself with the with the cloud backend i'm assuming this is largely dependent on how many devices you have like if, if you were to produce 10 million you probably wouldn't go to that level of security or do you think so that's basically what you're also doing for not that many devices so also, if you have kind of an IoT scenario where there's only one edge device, you would also use the approach to 
uh, provision it over a certificate because that's uh, not only the securest way, but also not that difficult to do actually. So Azure is um, providing a lot of functionality to do that kind of stuff. The only like problem we face is all this uh, certificate handling because there's no Azure service which generates um, as a root certification for uh, someone. So there are other providers um, which are called public key infrastructure providers, mm -hmm. which are doing exactly that, which are filling that that missing piece in Azure and generating all that, that those certificates. That's a kind of the approach we are using. Okay. Um, sorry, before I went, I went the other way around. If you have like 10 million devices to ship and they, they're supposed to cost like two euros a piece, right. uh, then it's probably just too expensive to put an individual certificate onto each device. So you're just going to have all the devices be the same, and but you're not going to have that level of security because you don't know each device. So if I understood you correct, you can like put one device on one million devices. Um, but from a security point of view, if one of these certificates is like missing or getting into the wrong hands, yeah, yeah. you would have to revoke this certificate for all the devices. That's right. Yeah. So no, no other device could connect with that certificate menu. So from that point of view, might be feasible in some cases, but I wouldn't recommend it. Right, that's right. If you provide, for example, 1 million devices to, um, to customers, mostly the, the manufacturer, uh, manufacturer which produces those devices has some kind of way to already uh, insert that kind of device certificate while manufacturing that device. So that's also a possibility that you don't have to generate all those device certificates by yourself, but you can, for example, use an OEM and uh, provide your, your root certificate and the OEM basically when producing those devices for you inserts that certificate. And there, there's already standardized ways on how to do that. So you can use that for uh, for uh, the approach uh, you described, for example. But, but in, in, in addition to that, um, I think it, it's, it, it is worth mentioning that um, we typically do not have these scenarios because um, our typical customer and, and the solution we are addressing is having one or some edge devices in the shop floor, mm -hmm. getting the data from 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 all the um, the sensors and, and the controllers, and uh, not having that many edge devices. So that we are typically working with that way: one certificate and uh, one edge device. Right. When you operate this type of solution, uh, you're probably worried about the, like the ops side of uh, DevOps. How do you monitor uh, the health of your, your system? You, you mentioned the con connectivity can drop out any any time. What tools do you use to to just have an overview of what's happening right now? Uh, so it's funny that you mentioned the ops part of DevOps, because basically one part of DevOps means the development versus operation guys. And it's mm -hmm. funny because in IoT, you have that also the case where you have the, the IT guys uh, for their for infrastructure technology, and you have the, the OT guys where they are um, responsible for the operational technology. And it's also uh, IT versus OT in, in IoT, and you, you want to bring mm -hmm. them together. So all the people in, in OT would need to um, 
we need to provide the, the operation of, of the, the machines, for example, and all the, the IT guys who need to maintain everything which what goes to, to the internet and stuff like that. Um, all the operation stuff, uh, we are also doing with, with Azure IoT Edge. So for example, Azure IoT Edge has a nice functionality where you have offline, offline support. So basically, if the, the connectivity or the connection drops, for example, there's some kind of buffer. So uh, it makes sure that in some time interval, all the, the messages which you send get saved. And if their internet is back, they get they retry basically to, to send it to the internet again. So that's one part where we use it for, for operations, for that whole connectivity part. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing in operations um, is making sure that your device is working and also part of DevOps it's not only the, the CI CD part with the whole delivery pipeline we can deploy fast. It's also sending feedback back to the development team and getting telemetry and stuff like that. And if you compare that to, to IoT, for example, you need to make sure that you have not only application telemetry from the, the edge modules, for example, you run on the edge device, mm-hmm. but you also send system logs from, from the edge device. You send all the, the health data to see what's the, the current health of my edge device. Do I need to check on it? Is there something wrong? Do I need to update any, any, um, any application, for example? And also the, the other way around, you want to remote manage your, your, um, your edge device, for example. So if something fails and there's no connectivity, there's not much you can do from a cloud perspective, for example. So you cannot connect to the device. Um, you cannot remote manage it. And then there's the part where someone has to go to the physical device and, um, and fix it, for example. If it's still connected to the cloud, you can use um, the whole system, for example, to remote manage it, to reboot it, to update it, to um, fix maybe some, some broken settings or stuff like that. So we make use of that to see, for example, what's the current um, health of my device, if the connectivity is still there. And if the, the health check, for example, reports that the, the edge device is not healthy, you can um, send commands to the device and see how you can fix it from, from remote, for example. Okay. And uh, in your typical scenarios, who runs the solution? Is that you or does the customer do that? And if so, do they actually use the Azure portal for that? Or is, is there some other uh, solution they use? Um, so the, the typical scenario is that um, the Azure backend part is um, hosted in, in our Azure subscriptions. Um, there is another scenario as well. It depends on, on, the, on the individual customer. Where we also provide a way that the backend part is, is run in the, in the Azure subscription of the customer. Yeah, that's f- from the backend side. And uh, yeah, obviously the Edge device is... Uh, is um, in the in the local network on, on the shop in the shop floor, for instance. Okay. So that's kind of the, the question: Who is responsible for the edge device? And uh, there's two answers to that. Some customers do want to res- to be responsible for everything that runs in their networks. So basically, we provide the hardware and we connect it and make it send data to the cloud and receive commands from the cloud. But then all the the update part is uh, all the update part and and making sure the, the device is healthy, that's in the, that the customer is basically responsible for that, or the, the, their IT and OT departments. Um, but there's other customers which tell us, I 
don't know the device, I don't want to take care of it, please take care of it for me. And then um, we don't do that from our side, but there's other uh, partners we have, for example, who can then take care of, the, of that part, which is maintaining the device. If something breaks, uh, they basically drive to the customer, change parts of it, and um, do all the, the maintenance, for example. And they answer the phone in the middle of the night. Right, yes. So um, we, we ask our developers if they want to provide some support on the weekend, but no developer wants to do that. So there's a special kind of companies and partners we have, which are providing that mm -hmm. kind of support. So we don't have to do that. Okay. What would you say is the key takeaway that people should take home from your talk? So I tend to say that at the first glance, um, developing industrial IoT, IoT solutions in the times of every team is talking about DevOps seems like it is similar, but in detail it is not. Um, it is not rocket science, but the, there is some things that they need to do in addition to other kind of projects. They need to learn new things. They need to, yeah, con consider more aspects like like the security by design thing. So that, uh, yeah, you, you you can you can argue that security by design is a good thing for every kind of of software development project, but here it is for sure it is a must have, and um, so I think the takeaway is that there are some things that needs to be done in addition. Teams need to learn, but this is not a hurdle because um, I think a lot of developers I know, I, I tend to say all of the developers I know, uh, like learning new things. And here we have a big chance to do this. It does sound like fun. <laughs> I think that's a good sum up. Uh, something I want to add for that is you can use all the, the DevOps practices. Maybe there's some, some hurdles you have. For example, all the deployment part is not a as easy as if you deploy to the cloud, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you need to uh, take care of security, for example. That's one of the main things. And you need to consider connectivity of devices. Lesson we learned is take what's there. So what Azure provides today in, in IoT um, makes life so much easier. So you don't have to program everything yourself. Uh, because at some point, for example, in, in all the security areas, you might not even have the expertise to do uh, stuff like that. So use what Azure provides, for example, and you can, you're basically good to go and basically focus on everything that's business related and leave all the, the infrastructure, connectivity and security stuff, for example, leave that to, to the experts. Um, and that's basically all that the Azure services provides. So you're really happy with uh, what is currently offered or what is what is it that is missing? What you would want the uh, Microsoft to work on, basically? Um, I think we're very happy with, with what's already provided. One of the, the key things I would say which is missing is kind of the device update part. Mm -hmm. So keeping the device uh, updated on the software level, on, on the OS level, and also on, on firmware level, for example. Um, that's uh, something, some, some kind of missing piece at the moment. And also kind of the, the whole monitoring stuff. So basically having the access to the system log. Um, you get, for example, in Azure IT Edge, you get the, uh, some kind of health check where you see if your device is online or not. 
but nothing more. So that's kind of also uh, some some missing piece. You have, would have to to program yourself or, or or use services from from other partners or vendors or companies like that. Is there anything you could tell our listeners that where they could go to get started? Any any hints on what to do if you if you're starting on the on the basically the the greenfield application? Um, so if you're working on greenfield, um, if you are from Germany, come visit us. <laughs> um, we have a IoT workshop which we're offering for free. I think next one is in December, where we just um, have some kind of showcase what Azure is capable, and also have some some hands-on lab uh, in the afternoon where uh, people get to connect a device to Azure IoT Central and see the data. Mm -hmm. If you're not from Germany, um, you can still find some information on German on our site, but basically use the Microsoft Docs. If you are using Azure IoT, for example, there's so many documentation, and we I think we can provide some links to you so you can add that to the podcast comments. Sure. Where people can go and have a detailed description on, on how to start, basically on how to start with the whole um, Azure IoT Edge. So how can I write modules for Azure IoT Edge? How can I um, configure it, install it, running out, run it on hardware, um, the whole backend part, how can I connect, for example, receive messages from my edge device. Um, and I think that's one of the, uh, the very nice points of, of Azure IoT that the documentation is so good. So that would be, I think, uh, a good start where pe uh, people can just look at the, the Microsoft documentation and also the samples to get a feeling on how it all works. And if they need, for example, deeper, um, expertise most of the time there's also documentation for that so even for for all the, the advanced stuff so i think that's one of the advantages of advantages of azure iot that the documentation is so good great thank you i'll make sure to put those in the show notes and florian and thomas thank you for being my guest today that was very interesting it was a pleasure to be here yeah. This has been another episode of Dev Talk, and we'll see each other again in two weeks. Bye.